0: It's time for the Ant Hill show. I'm really excited about this, Jason, because last episode got a lot of love. People enjoyed it. That's good. Uh, so we're we're on to four episodes now. So the fourth one. Can you believe we made it all the way to 4?
1: It's got it's it's almost <laughs> a record.
0: Yeah, it's almost a record. And we got to talk longest about the longest
1: show in history.
0: The 49ers versus the Minnesota Vikings. I think, you know, the game overall, maybe some people weren't interested because there wasn't very many starters. Normally you wouldn't be interested there's not very many starters playing, but I thought that there were some things that were telling that, that stood out uh, that we could get into because, uh, but what do you think of the game overall?
1: So, so actually other than the Trey Lance factor, knowing that no one was going to play this game, um, basically off the first or second string of the three games that, that we'll have this summer. This, this is the game I was most intrigued by because I wanted to see those, the back end of the guys because injuries do happen and trades happen and stuff. And, we know that roster has a lot of depth, so I'm curious to see who makes it and who doesn't. So this, I was, actually, I actually sat and watched watched the whole game. Wow! I know.
0: I'm very impressed by you, Jason. <laughs> that you you watched the entire game. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think of the whole thing?
1: It it it's it, it continues the trend of our back end players, especially on, on defense, are so well schemed and so well coached up that that our back-end defense versus other teams' back-end offense, they just don't move the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that was really clear is how good the 49ers' defense was. I thought some of these defensive linemen really stood up uh, and played out, and they needed to, because, like, Jordan Willis didn't have the best game against Green Bay, no. but I thought that he came out and had two pressures in the first drive. That was very nice, and I thought, overall, they got pressure on Kellen Mond pretty consistently. They were in his face, and they forced him to make some errant throws. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a good day for Chris Sims either in his Kellen-Mon love uh, because that hasn't worked out so far as Mon uh, doesn't look like the guy. Mannion actually looked better than him. Mannion
1: did look better. Uh, that's
0: another story. And they
1: just just acquired our, our guy Nick Mullins this morning.
0: Well, yeah, you need Nick Mullins right he, now. He, you, I mean, you just saw his clone in Brock Purdy. Go ahead and, <laughs> dice, dice, and dice your uh, defense. You better go out there and get the Mullins one. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's probably a good move by them. but. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing, and there was a lot of cool storylines that happened in this game, and we're going to go through a lot of those. We're also going to get into some top 100 news because uh, Jason has been just uh, seething about the overall order at which the 49ers are ranked, so we'll get into that, but uh, we wanted to get into some of these storylines, and And first off, Jason, from this 49ers-Vikings game, I want to talk about who stood out, you know, who, who, was, who were the players that stood out the most to you, um, and and also if there's anything as far as the the team, you know, what else stood out, but just anything you saw in this game that just like grabbed you and, and made you think, you know what, uh, that was really nice to see.
1: I, I thought both of our quarterbacks played really well. Yeah. They they didn't necessarily get a ton of help because there was a lot of drop passes, but wait, there was? There, there was those couple, <laughs> yeah. But but you know, especially Burdy, man, he he puts that ball right where it needs to be. Yeah. And like I, I, there's, complete, there's completion percentage accuracy and then there's actual accuracy and his ball is where it needs to be so, so if our guys do ever catch it they can keep alright on going and, and that's something that is, is, is rare to have that, that natural a- accuracy not just where a guy can catch it but where he gets <laughs> it here and keeps on getting 7, 8, you know and more yards off of, off of 5 yard pass
0: well, and since you're talking about Brock Purdy, let's let's just let's get into this. Brock Purdy versus Nate Sudfeld. Um we'll go back to the standouts here in a second, but uh, this has been a conversation that's definitely picking up. Kyle Shanahan did nothing to quell this uh, at all. This is, hey, this is this is a competition. Let these guys compete. Uh, Brock Purdy, of course, it's it's starting to get a nice push from 49 er fans. They really are starting to enjoy themselves some Purdy. And I think it's interesting because we've seen a bunch of di- a variety of different takes. Either people think Brock Purdy's absolutely comical and they're not they're not a fan of him.
1: I can't um, see how people would like. Some, some do you watch the games at all? I guess.
0: and some people think he's great. Uh, even including somebody that I saw saying that Brock Purdy had an absolute canon. Um, <laughs> though there is some interesting takes on Purdy now. Try to go that far. When I go in, when I get into this, though, I think that Purdy is has done a very good job. I think he's really established himself. Like you said, the accuracy's been nice. Uh, being able to create outside the pocket has been nice off schedule, but also he does on schedule throws. He doesn't show any weaknesses in the six foot one, six foot height. Yeah. It doesn't seem to bother him. The only problem is Nate Sudfeld's played his butt off. looks really good, too. Look good. The timing is there. Uh, rhythm throws, a command of the offense. It just, to me, uh, Sudfeld looks like a veteran. And also there's that tie with Trey Lance. I mean, him and Trey Lance worked so yep. well together last year. You wonder if that connection, um, that that kind of comfort level, is also something that that room is going to be uh, wanting to have. A cohesive, cohesiveness be it between all positions is nice, but in that quarterback room, especially with a young quarterback, if he has somebody he can lean on who's going through the same trials and errors, might be a little bit more difficult for Brock Purdy to beat out Nate Sudfeld.
1: In terms of just on field, it's, it's close as to who I think we should keep, but the idea of having a... Essentially, first-year starter and a a rookie backup to me just makes me a little bit nervous. So because mostly for the experience factor, I'd keep Sudfeld. I'd try and stash pretty on the practice squad. I don't know how well that would work. I would also be open if somebody called and wanted to give us a a six-round pick form. I'd, I'd look at that even, too.
0: Yeah, I don't know if anyone's gonna be willing to trade for Purdy. This this is if one he of,
1: has one more good game though. These
0: are one of the these are some of the conversations I like to have, and I'll have it with you right now. Is <laughs> remember that just because somebody is super hyped up in 49er land and Th- on 49ers does mean, yes. Twitter, doesn't mean they care about him around the league. That's true. Ross Dwelly was a free agent this offseason. Ross Dwelly has been highly touted in 49er land for years. Ross Dwelly came back to the 49ers on um, a minimum pay contract. Yep. So sometimes players are more valuable to the this group here this fan pace uh and maybe more valuable to the 49ers in the system and not as valuable around. So I wonder how much value Brock Purdy actually has around the league compared to, you know, other quarterbacks. And you know with quarterbacks like uh Mullins around that are veterans that are signing other places, you wonder if Purdy would actually get that that's, much interest if he got waived.
1: That's true. That's true. That's That's actually a solid point.
0: I mean, it is easier because of Nate Sudfeld being a veteran with more than four accrued seasons to release Sudfeld and have him come back after. So, I mean, you can theoretically do that, the problem is, is you want Nate Sudfeld in his two million dollar guaranteed contract on your roster
1: for a backup. Uh, that's for cheap. a
0: backup, I think that if they end up waving Purdy. They are hopeful he gets to the practice squad, but if he doesn't, I think they just go. You know what? We'll go look for another one next year. Yeah. Um. I I think they would move on because, I I I like Purdy, but I, I almost
1: feel like if he was 6'3", three, he he'd have been like a a second or third round pick though too.
0: That. It, you could be right. I mean, he had some very nice moments at, at um, in college. And I think part of it, though, is the arm strength. I think a lot of yeah. people have questions about the arm strength. But one guy that stood out a little bit on defense, Jason, was Diometer Lenore, who was playing in the nickel as well. This is kind of the first look we've saw of Diometer Lenore playing nickel this season. There was a, a tiny bit at the end of training yeah. camp last year. Uh, but he had a plot fade that he had to cover, and he was right in the guy's hip pocket. That's what we need from that nickel spot. Plus he may be the best tackler from the cornerback position that we have, Putting him in there on nickel situations where he can help in, in uh run fits is important. Yeah. So absolutely. we saw Samuel Womack last week have the big, you know, the big game. I thought this week just was,
1: finds him though. Yeah. The ball, he's one of those guys that the ball just seems to be bouncing towards him. And that's the thing that you, that, that's an intangible that you just can't coach up.
0: Yeah, you're right. And Yama Lenore has the, you know, the, the big game this week, as far as, I mean, he was just in all the right spots yep. and had the highest grade from PFF from the cornerback position. So do you think it's a Samuel Womack versus Yama Lenore is still a thing, or do you think it's still going to be Sam Womack that's ready to start against Chicago in the nickel corner spot? And that Lenore just gives you versatility to be cornerback three, whether he's backing up on the outside or on the inside.
1: I I think the latter is what the Niners are are thinking. I think Womack is better in the slot area. And, Lenore's versatility is something that we haven't seen them use with OMAC yet. Now, they might down the road. I know Tim Ryan was was saying that he thinks he could potentially be anywhere on the field guy. We'll see. Tim Ryan needs a haircut, so I'm not really sure. I take him all all this seriously with that hair, but it was. When we get the man bun, it's the, and then the, the, this week it was the, 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 flow. Yeah, it was the, the flow. salad was in f- flow mode. Yeah, so. I haven't
0: seen it much like that. I have seen it at training camp like that when he would be on the sidelines, <sighs> hair would be like that. Yeah, it's, it's very Cali. I think. I,
1: it's, it's, it's <laughs> very Manhattan Beach is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious to how it'll look this week, but back to, back to Lenore. I, I think his all field ability right now in, in, in small, Sizes is, is is where he needs to be
0: at. Yeah, I mean, I think uh Leonard's versatility, I think, earned him a spot on this roster. Now, I think he's uh, a shoe in now to make the fifty-three man roster, which I don't think was a for sure thing going into training camp. But I think he's proven to be number one, better than Omri Thomas on the outside, and now he's proven to be a a very. Uh, you know, in-depth backup that you can count on if you need him at the nickel corner spot. I think you can actually put press Samuel Womack in the next couple weeks. I think Womack is an impressive player. I like his intangibles and I, I definitely like the way he reads the game. And I I like the way that D'Amico was blitzing him a lot in this game. You know, was, let's get a look at how was he different. handled that part of the yeah. game. Uh, that, that was, was something nice. that K1 Williams was really good at. So, I thought that D'Amico did a good job of taking different areas of Womack's game that they need to continue to develop and working on those but I think Lenore is going to be important. And that's one of the things that Adam Peters uh, and um, John Lynch said about uh, Samuel Womack was he was going to be able to play outside and inside. They saw him as one of those guys. So Tim Ryan is on on target with what he's saying. I think that's the belief of this staff that they have a guy that can play inside and out. And I think overall that's what they want from all their players. And right now, that's what they're getting in that cornerback room. They want that flexibility to be able to, hey, someone motions in, you go ahead and go with them and take them away. I think they want to go more matchups than guys playing certain positions. But I thought Nord did a good job, and he's probably going to end up making this roster now.
1: The It is Omri Thomas on the marginal. So I, I, I feel like he's, he's, he's kind of in that gap of – we picked you just high enough to where we probably should give you at least one more year, but
0: yeah, I, I think with injuries and things, omri uh, Thomas is going to make the roster. I, I've said for a while that I thought he was going to be a lock, but I actually uh, anticipated him being farther along in his uh, maturation process. He's and been
1: kind of up and down.
0: He, he's been slow starting. I mean, ah. he really hasn't played well the entire preseason. I know he had a couple moments in dual practices, I was hoping he was going to be able to do something with that, but then it he did, ended up hurt. It
1: didn't translate, yeah. Yeah,
0: he got hurt, so he didn't even play. He wasn't able to go. I think he ends up making the roster, but uh, I don't know how much you can count on him, and I think because of all the injuries and stuff, I'm not going to be surprised if Dante Johnson doesn't end up making this roster as well. Um, so I think that, you know, you got the the four with Womack, five uh, with Dante Johnson, six with Ombrey Thomas. I think that's your cornerback room. But I think Ken Crowley, Kadar Holman will end up getting released. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's an interesting room, and I think that's going to continue to play out. You know, a lot of versatility. The- oh, that's yeah, lots sure. of versatility. Another spot they're absolutely loaded, Jason, is the running back room. And it was on full display against the Vikings because you saw Trey Sermon get the start. He, of course, he's dealing with a little bit of an ankle that he hurt in dual practices. Lots of people not happy with his performance over the last two weeks. Uh, then you get some you know, really... A bad run from TDP, and then you get some really nice runs from TDP as well. To so Michael Hasty continues to look explosive. Jordan he Mason comes in and gets faster. extra spin. Yeah. So, how do you see this depth chart looking right now through the first two preseason games? And then, you know, what are we looking at going into this next game? Like, how do you think the depth chart's going to be when they get into that game? Who's going to get the first reps?
1: Well, wait, are you talking about versus the Bears or Texans? Texans. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. yeah i I want Mason to start. The game this week. I want to see him you against... think
0: that'll actually happen?
1: No. No, I don't. No, I, 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 just, I, I said that's what I want. I don't think that's what...
0: Hey, yo, Kyle. Let's go, buddy. I, yeah. We need some Mason in our he's,
1: life. He's... Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> he, he He looks like he's got an extra gear that I like and that we can always use, but I want to see him against the actual, you know, defenders who will at least make the roster, not guys who who are cut tomorrow. Like that that's my concern is kinda of where where is he? Yeah. He, he looks really good right now, but he's playing mostly in the third and fourth quarter when you and I are out there. So
0: Yeah, it's usually the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. A as, as far as T D P he he's like that that kid who's just kinda of learning how to ride his bike. He gets on there and he gets it a couple times and then he will fall off and he gets back up there and like, okay. Like he had some great highlight <laughs> runs the the stiff arm, the, the shoulder just put that dude practically knocked him out cold. But then he also on the, the fourth and one, he was, he danced around instead of just lowering yeah. and going. So I want to see him get more carries. I do think that he's a guy who definitely is worth the, the draft pick though.
0: Yeah, overall, I thought the the running back room looked good. I thought, you know, I don't think Trey Sermon had as many opportunities maybe as you know people would want him to have, and a lot of that's because he's, you know, playing behind a second and third string line against you know a second team defense. Yeah. I think it was tough. There was more tough sledding. I thought the other guys though created opportunities. That was something that was impressive. A TDP's run on fourth down was not good. He got horizontal. That was a mistake. That's a coaching point for Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn's gonna get on him. He's gonna handle that. But I thought after too. that he ran like his hair was on fire. Yep. Like he really ran hard. That runny made stiff arm the D lineman, then got his feet out of the way against the guy that came low, then ends up trucking a guy to get the extra yards and finishing the run. And I thought that overall made him jump Trey Sermon on the depth chart. It, it just showed it that probably did. Yep. ability uh that's different. And when yep. it comes to Jamichael Hasty he still looks explosive and he looks more explosive than he has I think his entire career. Ever <laughs> catches the ball Ever. in field, uh he's able to run those drop plays. I think he'd be dynamic in the screen game yep. as well. It's going to be tough to keep him off this roster all the while Jordan Mason had his best game of the year. So he's had two games, he had the first time I thought it was two really good carries and two not so great carries. This time I thought every single carry was very good.
1: A solid. Yeah. Um
0: the thing about him that I want to see develop still is second level, and we know this took Elijah Mitchell time last year. Was Elijah Mitchell would get to the second level, and he would just try to run people over. Make and it's like at some point. You got to make somebody miss, and that's one of the things I've saw in training camp from Jeff Wilson Jr. that I haven't seen yet from Jordan Mason. Mason wants to run people over. Jeff Wilson Jr. makes those people you know miss. That's the difference between a twelve and a twenty yard gain. Yep. And I think that's something I see want to see him continue to grow on. But you're right. I want to see Mason you know play against a little bit better competition and see how that translates. Because he was getting huge holes to run through. And then he wasn't getting any contact on some of these places. For six, a while, seven yards yeah. field. I want to see what would happen. What would happen if we got that same hole for TDP or for Trey Sermon? Would they exploit it as well? I want to see those things. This is one of those rooms I'm very excited about, though. Because I don't know who they're going to end up cutting. But there being you know six guys that could easily make this roster.
1: Hey, you got to think that Wilson is good because of his cap number. Uh, it was like 1.25 or yeah, something on the of, minimum yeah. yeah and the guy i think is still in jeopardy is Trey yeah the the fact that we invested a a third round pick in a, a, a new guy this year and Trey's been banged up and well he hasn't i i don't think the numbers are exactly indicative of how he's played especially last week against the in, in the first game you know, it's, he, he doesn't look as explosive and as powerful as TDP, and he's not as quick as Hasty or obviously Elijah and even Mason. So he like where does he fit?
0: Yeah, I think that that's the really, issue. really, what his his game is is playing in the shotgun, uh, and he can't Tra- catch with Trey Lance. No, he can catch that.
1: He, he 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 dropped a pass yeah, though, was right drop, in his hands. He though. did
0: drop a pass, but number that was one, a bad drop. That though. was a tough catch uh did you and, see that ball it came from around a defender it was on him quick uh NFL that, guy make, i'm not saying make should, make it i'm bad. not saying nfl players should not make that the, catch
1: that was going to be a, a a pretty good little chunk
0: it, it, it was going to be a catch and then he was going to get absolutely molly walked. Okay, let's be honest. The dude was about to get lit up. He had two defenders around him. It's a he, tough catch. He, he, he could have made a miss. Oh, yeah, sure. it, it, was a, it was a tough catch. Now, I wanna, I'm, I'm just as critical of the things that Trey Sermon did, you know, and I've seen areas where he wasn't as successful as he should be. But I also want to give him credit for the things he did. Like, there was run, one run that went to the left side, and Tim Ryan goes, oh, see, he's indecisive. He put his foot to go upfield, and he didn't get vertical. He ended up bouncing outside. no, no, no. Tim Ryan. He was setting a block. He put his foot inside to get that defender to commit, It set the block, and then he got the edge and got three yards. Sometimes those things don't get seen, and I think that Trey Sermon is maybe uh, gets – people are a little hypercritical at him. I do believe that the other guys are outperforming him right now. How much of that is circumstance, you know, playing with that first unit, and how much is that these other guys are playing so well? I'm not sure, but I think it's going to play out against the Houston Texans.
1: It's going to be a big game for about four of those – those guys.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think now with what Jordan Mason's put on film, I don't think you can get him to the practice squad. I think so either. Because I think, you know, with Chris Carson being gone in Seattle, uh, I think that Pete Carroll would love to add Jordan Mason to his running back room and then he would have an absolute power back. And I don't think the Niners wanna see Jordan Mason over the next couple years continue to get better and uh-uh. up being a 5'11", five eleven, two hundred and third Two hundred thirty pound batter. That can him, move. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be good for them. Plus, he can catch. He's yes, really good he out does of the backfield. Have good hands. Yeah. To me, this it's getting tougher, and they might have to walk away from Trey Sermon, a third round pick. I don't know if they could trade him, but if there was any trade market out there, Bird has go gone,
1: there. so probably not.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, they could trade him right. Maybe if they trade him and a seventh round pick for like a six, yeah, or something like that. Maybe they could swap sevens. Swap, yeah, uh, to something like that. They might have to. Uh it, it's gonna be tough. Could they get Trey Sermon to the practice squad?
1: That I, I I think he's shown just enough to where we probably could could stash him.
0: Yeah, I mean it's possible It'd right? be close.
1: But it, I of of those guys that we talked about, that's the guy that I'm as of right now, I'm okay with losing. And, and and by okay, I mean I'd, I'd really rather not, but the other alternatives. I mean, because, because as much as I've always been down on Hasty, you know, my thing always with him was he's the guy who could turn a, a thirty-five yard run to a a twelve yarder. Mm-hmm. He he actually looks ex- explosive now, though. Yeah, he like, is. Like if we actually block right and, and the play call is therefore a, a big chunk play, he 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 looks fast enough now to where he can actually
0: do it. The problem is, even with Trey Sermon out, let's say Trey Sermon's out, there still has to be another guy that goes out unless the four ers keep five running backs and Kyle check Uh, you don't <laughs> normally keep five; you normally keep four, and check thats a full running back room alone. I know. I mean, could it's Jemichael Hasty and who? I know a lot of people are saying Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't think that's the case. It could be.
1: There is the the trade talk with Jeff. I'm I'm not. Sh-
0: I mean, I think there would be a market for him.
1: I, I think so too. I'm just not sure. I. I, I... I want to move him though because I haven't seen enough from from Trey. If I had seen more from <laughs> from Trey, <laughs> given the fact that Jeff's only on a 1-year contract, I'd have been open to move him, but I just I haven't seen him. I haven't seen enough of it.
0: Yeah, from, and a lot of people yet, are, a lot of people are moving on from Jeff Wilson Jr. and from Trey Sermon and keeping Jordan Mason TDP, uh, you know, Jermichael Hasty and Elijah Mitchell. It makes
1: my skin crawl, so what? But I don't know.
0: Yeah, so here we go. Uh Jason has been hot around the collar about this when he came in and he was like, We have to talk about this. <laughs> I
1: did. This, this has it's to bad. happen. Uh
0: so we have 49ers being named onto the top 100 NFL players list, and some really got into, uh Jason's skin. Of course, we had Kyle Uchek, who was a hundred, Jimmy Ward that was ninety-six, was fully expecting to see Eric Armstead somewhere between ninety-six and fifty. Did not get that, which means Eric Armstead's not in your top one hundred, which if I'm Eric Armstead, I'm absolutely pissed and I'm going to go to out it. on the field exactly. and, and get after it. And then at 47 is Fred Warner, all-pro Fred at 47. Jason, uh, Nick Bosa at 25. George Kittle at 22, which means we probably have one more guy left in Devo Samuel. Two. Uh, you, I think, who else is going to be the other guy? Trent. Oh, you're right. Trent Williams. Apologies. So those guys could both be He better be tough. 10. Trent, every be top top three. Yeah, those guys. Those guys will be in the top ten. So you're right. There's a couple guys left. My apologies on Trent. I actually think he could be number one. He, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying.
1: Like, it, how I bet it, it probably goes in some form: Aaron Donald, yeah, Josh Allen, and Trent. That's probably the top three in some order. And I, either way, where, wherever he is, as long as he's top three. Personally, I'm good. Now, I will say I hate those kind of lists, but the Nick. Bosa respect just pisses me off. Like, it absolutely does. Like, like, and and I were talking, and I think in two years he's the, the best defensive player in the whole league. Ant said he probably is, or he could be already. Right now. And that's not a, that's not far off when you combine the, the 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 sacks and the abilities to stuff the run. There are there are not twenty some football players better in the world th- th- than Bosa. Like, to me, he should have been. Th- 10 to 15, at, at worst 15, it, 10 pop probably, but not in, in the 20s. Like He is a freaking monster. I almost said a bad word right there. He is a freaking monster, and we are so lucky. Now. He's he's our best player on defense. He's our second best player on the team, and he's played one full healthy season. And, uh, like, and t- to the point, I, I, this is because I'm doing that. I wish the, the NFL would add a stat, like something involving number of holding penalties a, a, a player causes, because to me, that, that, that would be something that, that's worth actually seeing, because you know, sometimes a, a holding call is just as good as, as a sack or, or, or a TFL, and if they would actually call the times that he gets held because he gets held all the time, you'd see people would just see how dominant this guy really is. Like it, it's insane how, how good he is.
0: Yeah, and he's better this year. That's why I, when I when he's you text me about it, I said I think he is actually could be the defensive player of the year this year. He has looked absolutely tremendous. He's jumped from last year. And last year he had 15 sacks. And that's
1: coming off the probably, ACL, too. Yeah, and
0: probably like 200 holds. <laughs> tremendous. You can't stop him one-on-one. There's no one. I mean, no. you saw what he did to Darisol in practice. Harrison's not a bad player. He, he's a good player. But Bosa went after him and got, and got it done. And I think Bosa's going to get that respect this year. Hopefully this ticks off Nick Bosa a little bit. I think Fred Warner's going to be ticked off of being 27, yep. And I think Bosa's going to be ticked off being 25. Because like you said, there's not 24 players better than Nick Bosa in this league. I mean, Trent Williams would probably gasp if he, once he saw this he's, list. He was like,
1: he, he, pissed too.
0: Yeah. This now, is crazy.
1: Here's something that I'm, I'm glad you're sitting down, buddy, yeah. because. I can't believe it. this is the ultimate mea culpa. Here, truly. If you watched our show last year with, with Sasania, you guys know that I was not a big Eric Armstead fan. Uh, I was not, I was not an Eric Armstead fan playing d- defensive end. Correct. Let's put it that way. I, I did yeah. say I, I, I like him at tackle. There are, there, there are not a hundred players in, in this sport that are, are burdened him. That that's outrageous too. Like he, as a defensive tackle, he's a top 10 defensive tackle in the sport. He's a, he's a freaking savage. And yep. so, like I said, I hope he comes in literally like, what the hell? There's a... And just dominates because next year he, he's going to show that he, he should be in the 50 range if he has a, another year like he had this year.
0: Yeah, I was actually expecting him to be somewhere in the 70s is kind of where I, I thought he was going to yeah. be. Uh, he was one of the guys that, you know, when we talked about how many guys were going to be on the list, I thought it was going Just to be automatically eight.
1: Automatically factored him in there. Yeah, automatically
0: <laughs> put Armstead in there. Uh, it's one of those things again that I talk about value of our players compared to everyone else. Well, I think he's going to have that year because number one, Nick Bosa is going to get double and triple teamed, and then now Javon Kinlaw is starting to make some major waves from how he played in the preseason. He's about to get after it, and <laughs> I think stole with Nick, my guy right there. Having a, an uptick in production, he was got it going at the end of last year. Yep. I because that's going to continue. I think it's going to be scary for uh, offensive lines. Who are you going to double-team? And if you decide that you're going to double-team or triple-team Bosa, and you have to throw some extra guys at Kinlaw, or if they move in Charles and Minihue, whatever they do, and you get one-on-one with Eric Armstead, he's going to absolutely He will destroy your, your
1: guards. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's going to be a sack lunch. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I think he could approach... He had six sacks last year. I think he could approach Ten double could be, digits. Yeah. Ten if he's healthy. And, then, and then he finally he goes from... Uh, finally gets that respect that he deserves. Uh, put some respect on our guy's name. I think uh, Armstead's uh, set for a good, a I, good uh, belly rubbing season. I
1: hate sounding like a freaking Homer, but
0: it's not Homer if it's true. But the film doesn't the, lie.
1: The facts are the facts. Like he, he, he's a monster.
0: He really is
1: at defensive tackle.
0: At defensive tackle. Not
1: playing I mean, end. Not playing end ever I think, again. I don't I want to see him out there well, ever I think again. They
0: figured Ooh. it out right, and that's yeah. why they went out and got so many uh, defense. That's what end. they
1: should have been li- listening to. Give me more then. So. Oh, see,
0: so they need to listen to you. <laughs> uh, well, interesting that we're we're going we're, to listen to you right now because I want to know who you think. And you can pick one guy who you believe is going to get cut when the 49ers go from 85 to 80. Jimmy
1: Garoppolo. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, who do we go from 80 to that?
0: I will throw out some names to help you
1: out. It's now, tough still. Number one, tough. I think
0: cornerback King Crowley. I think they gave him a full opportunity now. He's played in a couple of games.
1: He could be a, a special team guy, though, too.
0: Yeah, but he's not making that cornerback. We just talked about it earlier. You need as to a, keep Lenore. You need to a keep corner, a no. You need to keep Ombre Thomas. You're not keeping somebody just for special teams. If you are, it's probably Malik Turner. Yeah. Uh, So I think King Crowley could be gone. Uh, also, uh, backup linebacker Saguna Luby is another guy. Yeah, he's, um, Austin dude. Mack got hurt with the hamstring. I think he will be gone because the Niners have proven that if you get hurt, you can't be on this squad, so you're gone. Yep. Uh, so I think Austin Mack, Sam Schluter, the offensive tackle, got hurt. I know he's day-to-day. He I think it's time for them to move on from an offensive tackle. Schluter was going first team. I think they were trying to get those reps. I think he could be gone. Yeah. So I think those are four guys right there, and then they could go with Troy Fumagalli. Uh, that's a possibility. I like Fumagalli. He's probably going to get tough. to the next cuts, but they've proven with veterans, right? They've been trying to give them an opportunity. Yep. Hudson's been playing well in the receiving game. Charlie Warner's back. Maybe he'll spin against the Texans. So that could be a decision. And then the other one that I was thinking, Jason, as a possibility defensive tackle Kevin Adkins, uh, yep. undrafted free agent for Fresno State, might be another one that they end up releasing. Ah, uh, they did sign safety Tayshawn Gibson.
1: I saw that so, this morning. Yeah, so
0: Gibson coming, you know, coming in. So uh, potentially, there's a, a move, you know, that could be made already. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I hopefully it's not my guy Taylor Hawkins that ends up getting released. shouldn't,
1: shouldn't be. I him. like
0: Taylor Hawkins. Shouldn't I hope he makes it and ends up making the practice squad.
1: He should. I yeah, agree.
0: So well, those are guys you have you, you disagree or you think no those are I, the way the way
1: I, it goes that sounds pretty solid to me I I, I just it's tough because there's there's just there's so many players on, on on this team who are like man if we cut him we'll probably see him somewhere else and then I don't know, it's just there's just a lot of talent so.
0: There really is. You know, there's a <laughs> tremendous amount of talent on this team. And, you know, there was two players already claimed, of course. Yep. Uh, you had Keyshawn Johnson that went to Atlanta. You now, had Josh Hokick that went to Arizona. Is
1: that actually?
0: <laughs> Keyshawn son? Yeah. No. Okay. No, the name's spelled different. Everything. Okay. I
1: was like, I was like, wait a second. Because I, I know this kid played, played football. So I'm like, wait a second. Is that Keyshawn Jr.?
0: Yeah. No, it's not Keyshawn Jr. So... That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been cool. Just give him the damn ball. Uh, He's pretty good at special teams. I think that's why he landed in Atlanta. He's not a bad receiver either.
1: Atlanta's Um, trash.
0: I did like the way the Niners handled their cuts, though, letting those veterans that they knew weren't going to make the roster have early land somewhere else. But, Jason, the Texans game is coming up. Uh, The 49ers, Kyle Shanahan said he's going to play most of his starters. We know most of his starters means probably no Trent Williams. Probably no Trent. Maybe Maybe we'll get a little bit. It won't be McGlinchy, even though is supposed to start working back into practice. The knee is supposed to be better. They rested Colt McKivitts. I'm sure McK- we'll yeah. see some McKivitts. So what are you most excited about seeing from this 49ers-Houston uh, Texans game on Thursday?
1: It, well, I, I'm, I was waiting to hear back from my source whether, whether Brandon will actually be playing or not.
0: And that means Brandon Cooks, so, for those of you who don't know.
1: If he is playing, I want to see Womack and Lenore and those guys and see how they do against him.
0: I hope he plays yeah, me too. Uh, because number one, Brandon cooks is one of the most underrated receivers in the entire league. Six, 1000 yard seasons. No
1: bias here, but yes, he is. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but he, I mean, he just is, he's very talented. He's from our backyard our backyard. We've seen this kid play uh, since he was young, but he he's fantastic. And his numbers prove that. Uh, I also want to see Davis mills. I think Davis mills, uh, I is,
1: like is Davis getting mills. better and better. All he right. was
0: actually somebody I was high on last year yep. coming out of the draft and actually thrown out the idea when the Niners are at 12 about taking a different player at 12 and taking, then taking davis mills then of course they trade it up and then it's like oh well, well we're gonna get yeah and now
1: we're getting somebody good but
0: i do like uh i do like mills so i think that you're right the brandon cooks thing would be interesting seeing womack lenore ombre thomas these guys have to cover someone that's Number really one, that's a fast great route runner and can fly tremendous speed can <laughs> still by.
1: can move he
0: Ooh. can and so i think that that's a that's a good thing to watch uh, especially you know from the defensive side that'll get them a lot of work and I think that overall, um, just getting this first team out there and seeing what that chemistry and camaraderie yeah. looks like, the offensive line, being able to play together, it would be nice if we got one series with Trent. I don't think we will, but that would have been fun to see. We'll probably have to wait until Chicago to see the whole thing. Uh, uh,
1: you know what? It's pretty pre- pre- preseason. All I care about is the best guys are healthy. Uh, so give them one series maybe where, where the all right guys, you, you guys got 10 freaking plays. Go at it and then, and what's off? And you're done.
0: I don't think Bosa's is going to play either. I,
1: I don't think so either. But. I think
0: we will see the linebacker group. I think we see Fred as yeah. and Trey, Uh which means business is about to pick up. Yep. Welcome to the you know, welcome to the hit squad. You're about to get <laughs> rocked. Uh, these dudes are have been flying all training Itching. camp, and Dre Greenlaw almost started a fight uh, this <laughs> week by hitting. Uh, who was it? The, the wide was? receiver uh, 19, uh, Thielen. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Did you see,
1: speaking of Thielen, did you see him Telling talking to Trey.
0: Trey? Yeah, hit me up. In the, uh,
1: <sighs> and I believe his contract's up after this it, year, it too. It is up yes. at the end of the
0: year. Um, The one problem, though, Debo Samuel was standing behind like, dude, you were 19, I were 19. This a problem.
1: I mean, the, it'd be something that I would gladly help them. Mediate.
0: You like, it, it, Do you think the four years would pay money though for Adam Thielen, considering they have Brian Ayuk? They're gonna have to make a decision on. That's
1: but see, that's the thing. though was the decision comes with Ayuk though. Is is can you afford even as the cap goes up, up, up next? Four years is gonna skyrocket. Yeah. Can you afford to pay two receivers? I mean, a ton, of, a ton of cash. And I guess as of now, because Trey's making so so little, you probably could. But you know what? With with those two, and then you add Peelin on, on a sort of a advanced type contract where, hey, he 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 already got one good payday, so he might not necessarily be look, looking to spike it twice. He might be looking for something that the goes ring. on on his ring chasing finger. And if he's our number three receiver next year, and this is what I was like way ahead, but I just it, it caught my eye. Like he's talking to Trey. Like I'll see. Yeah, all, I did there. see
0: the video clip. Ooh, oh, my, okay. I, I, uh, you would have to do some major magic. Hey, Parag, you'd have to do, make something happen. Backload that contract. Uh, to me, I don't think that's a possibility. I I don't actually it's, think that's I what either, happens. But it's just I think more than up. likely what you see is Adam Thielen catching footballs from Trey Lance during the offseason, and that's about it.
1: Working out with uh, yeah. Working
0: out with them. But, I mean, it, you never know. If he decides he wants to ring chase and the 49 can make it financially feasible to handle it, the Niners do have a ton of salary cap space in 2023, even though they have to figure out Nick Bosa, uh, but there
1: it goes 30 million
0: uh it may be at some point that you know the foreigners have proven to be fiscally responsible and able to manage this cap they really do a good job at a very high it. level So if they could figure it out they would i i'm not i'm not going to go ahead and say it happens i think it's, it's, it's
1: at least out there
0: though it, it's it's fun to think it's, it's about but at least kind of imagine yeah it's it's fun to <laughs> um and thank you everyone for watching the show it was a really good episode i enjoyed it jason we, we covered a variety of different topics I mean, I think this game versus Houston, Texas is going to be fun. And then once we get through it, that means it's time. To Chicago. it's time for Chicago and the, and the kickoff kickoff starts. Of course, we do have cut day coming you know, next week on Tuesday. I think that's going to be tough. It's always tough because it's exciting to see your team, but then you know, you've got players, you know, I mean, there's overall players that are going to, some are going to make practice squads and some are just going to be done, done, trying to work out, maybe find the USFL, the XFL as opportunities, uh, waiting for a phone call to get on somebody's practice squad. But, um, I, it'll be exciting to see what this roster looks like and ultimately how the Niners go in there and handle Chicago.
1: It is going to be very, very curious to see kind of how they they appropriate certain roster spots. You know, there'll probably be nine or ten defensive linemen, so you'll probably get maybe five wide receivers. Uh, it, how they kind of prioritize things is, is what I'm going to be, be very curious to watch.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, of course, later on this week. Um, actually, Sunday probably. Well, you'll get Project Fifty Three, and I'll make my predictions on who is going to be on the Fifty Three Man roster. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for everything that's coming this week. Uh, from slightly offsides too. We have a Patreon Zoom call on Wednesday at five o'clock. So if you're a Patreon member, uh, get ready for that link Wednesday at five o'clock. Hop on Zoom. Let's have a just gonna have a fun conversation. That's gonna be exciting. So lots of cool stuff coming your way. Of course, another Cover Two episode this week. Another game preview show, game reaction show after the game Thursday. The channel continues to roll. Hopefully you roll with us. But Jason, thanks for rolling with me on this episode because it was a great one. Really enjoyed all the conversation. Hope you guys have a good day and we'll catch you guys on the next one.